Hey everyone, this is Ron. A quick note, we're in a series on communication. I'm going to let these interviews run their full length, so these casts will be a little longer than our normal show. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to It's Your Business Lead It podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking a mean game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology. And my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. All right, everyone, welcome back to It's Your Business Lead It podcast. And in our continuing series, Thinking About Communication, I wanted to invite one of the friends of the show, Mr. Angel Sanchez from Phoenix Fire Helmets. I think I got that right. Did I, did I get it right, Angel? Yeah, well, that's our kind of our trade name, but Phoenix <laughs> Technology would be the uh, yes. corporate name. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. All right. So that's all right. If anyone who's listened to all the, all the cast will remember that we had Angel on a, about 10 casts ago and came on and did an excellent job of talking to us. And we wanted to invite him back. And what I wanted to talk to him about today is about reading. One of the four channels of communication, we've got listening, speaking, reading, writing. And we wanted to talk to Angel about reading because he's an avid reader, just as I am. So Angel, just for those that are joining the cast new, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and then we'll get started from there. Sure. Thank, well, first off, thank you again for having me. I, you know, it was a, I had a great time with you last time, and I always enjoy talking to you and being able to do it for a greater audience um, is really special to me. So I appreciate that. Yeah, cool. um, I am the uh, servant leader of a manufacturing business here in Riverside, California, uh, Phoenix Technology, and that probably better known as you said, Phoenix Fire Helmets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we manufacture helmets uh, primarily for firefighters and. Uh, I have the pleasure of serving a, a wonderful uh, group we call family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, I've grown a lot serving them. And, uh, you know, as an organization, we've been quite successful. And I, most importantly, we have a wonderful culture. And so yeah. I'm incredibly proud of that. Well, and that's the topic of our previous cast as well. It's this whole idea of how do you shift a culture. And as I, I know when I asked you to be on the cast the last time, you're one of the few people that I know gets culture and knows how to move it and doing it with people, not, not through people or not to people, right? It's got to be done with them from a servant leader's heart. I love that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, but today we're going to talk about a different subject. We're not talking about culture. We're going to talk about books. So what have you been reading lately? That's grabbing your attention. Oh, wow. I, you know, I, I was trying to, think um what is like the most recent book i would mm-hmm. say well i, I actually I just started a book that i'm pretty excited about um and it's steve farber's oh gosh love is just damn good business nice and i'm i'm in chapter two i mean i literally just started but what really inspired me to read that was um the principle of love that's something mm-hmm. that 
I've really looked at fondly here in our organization. It's part mm-hmm. of our culture. And, exactly. and, you know, of course, we're not talking love in a romantic way, but it's, um, it's having love for each other, supporting each other, care, concern, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm also reading um, Gina Wickman's Traction again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, with our leadership team, we're reading it together. Um, Got to get a couple. I'm reading Neil deGrasse Tyson's Letters from an Astrophysicist, kind of okay. just for fun. Right. Uh, rereading Rich Sheridan's Joy Inc. and uh, my daily uh, devotional is probably not the right word, but my daily read is Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic. Nice. Okay, so let's let's kind of dig in on a couple of those. So that first one, the Farber book. I've I've actually read a little bit of Farber. He's I think he's got a great mind for leadership. And what's fascinating to me, you're talking about love. So two thoughts come to mind. The word love, we sometimes, in a business context, we get squeamish around it because we're thinking erotic love. And one of the things that I've learned in my my own journey of faith is that there's erotic love, there's fi- filial love or brotherly love, like the city of Philadelphia, and then there's agape, which is servant love. and you know, two of the three are completely fine for the workplace, aren't they? Yeah, especially agape. I mean, that's really what it's all about. And again, I just started this book, so I can't say a lot about what he discusses. But right. that, you know, that 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 the selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love that you have mm-hmm. kind of in the workplace um, for each other, it's so key to really develop in a strong culture. and. Um, there's no reason that we shouldn't be talking about it. And you're right. It is a squeamish thing. And, you know, you sound almost crazy when you talk to people and you mention that because they, <laughs> exactly. they're like, what do you mean love? This is a business. We're here to make money. And, uh, yeah, you absolutely need You need to survive. You need to be successful to continue growing the business. But absolutely, you know, if, you, if you can't talk about love, you can't talk about culture, you, you got a hard road ahead of you. I couldn't agree more. I think there you know, one of the things that I talk about often on this cast is we've got managers out there that have primarily a task orientation. And then there's this other group of managers whose first priority is not task orientation, it's relationship orientation. And pretty much all leadership models follow that that kind of dichotomy, these two different types of leader. And the truth is we need both. I mean, it's stupid to separate them because if you don't have both, you're going to, you're really going to struggle. I mean, Obviously, we've got to drive performance, but the best way to drive performance is through relationship. And relationship necessarily means some form of fellowship or brotherly love, agape, servant leadership. That whole perspective creates a level of respect and dignity within the organization where the employees just, they want to give more. And they're really invested that way. Um, You know, you think... You know, one of the big things is remaining humble. You and I have talked about that before. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not always the smartest people in the room, and we're definitely not the best at every single role in an organization. And if you get your people empowered, you get them invested emotionally, um, where that unconditional support is across everybody, it drives all of those key business factors that it most does. of the, the statisticians will tell you, the ones that you're looking at the bottom. Mm-hmm. numerical line right. you know and we're a good case study for that we've grown tremendously in the last five years and we started focusing on culture and the culture itself you know don't get me wrong i look at the numbers every day and i've mm-hmm. got people that look at that with me and yeah of course you're going to pay attention to that you can't run yourself out of business by not 
you got to focus on the culture and yeah. you, you know, that's led by love in my opinion. Exactly. It's not an either or it's an and definitely. So one other thought, which is really kind of funny. And I was talking to someone earlier today about this very point that personally, I love to read across disciplines. Like I'll, I'll be reading a book on business. I'll be reading a book on psychology, something on communication, some, some history or biography. And I often just find these really cool little connections. You're talking about love. I just started a book. I'm actually reading it in Spanish because I'm trying to learn Spanish. And the, the concept that I ended with today was love. And it's, it's really just kind of perfect that you bring this up because there's, just, there's always connections when you, when you start to look for them. So thank you for sharing that, that book from Farber. And for our, our listeners, we'll put the, the titles of each of the books in the show notes so that if anybody wants to pick them up, they'll, they'll know where to get it. Okay, so in the interest of moving this on, because as I thought, I mean, we're way, we're already eight minutes into this conversation and we're just getting started. So oh, well. uh, it's crazy. What, what would you say has been the most influential book that you've read in the past 12 months? And if you can't think of one, it's okay to mention a couple. Yeah, you know, I'm going to, I, well, I've read it in the last 12 months a couple times, but I've been reading it for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say essentialism by right. Greg McCown. Yep. And you know, that one's probably going to, you know, if I have to pick one and it, it's not because it's the most spiritual to me. It's not the one that changed me the most mm-hmm. as a, you know, like the stoic philosophy has, Right. but it really, to me is the, it, it's almost the, the how to guide for becoming a lean leader. It's the how to guide for, for it, time management, um, the how-to guide for staying, you know, kind of just level-headed. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I can't say that's the one, I, the only one I've read, but I think I've read it about 10 times and uh, wow. it's still to me, probably the, the key book that I would always, I, I, and I do that. I'll recommend to new entrepreneurs or people that are struggling. I'm like, you need to read essentialism. Mm-hmm. You need to get your life in order before you try to get other things in order. Yeah, that's, that's a really good recommendation. I know when we went to lunch a few months back, you recommended it to me and I read it and I'm like, whoa, this is good. I really appreciated the perspective of really understanding what are the essential things and focus on them. So I loved that book and you just reminded me, this is a year where I want to reread some of the best books I've read. So I need to go back and reread that myself. Okay. How do you go about choosing what book to read? Well, there's two ways. One or two different types of books that I'd read. So a non-fictional book, Mm -hmm. it just has to look fun. It's got to be something. (laughs) Let me rephrase it. I'm sorry. A fictional book. It just has to look fun. It's just, you know, it's got to catch my interest. And those are the ones that I get a few chapters in and I'm bored. I throw it away. I don't really care. Mm. Um, Non-fictional, it's got to be life-changing. It really has to, it either has to reinforce something that I learned in the past um, or it's got to change who I am as a okay. person and, or how I, how I lead a business. Um, okay. you know, so the other thing is the things that drive me crazy are the books that repeat themselves. Some of the greatest books, I won't name any to, I don't want to just disparage anybody, but there's some books out there that people are just, you know, like billions of copies sold they, everyone loves it, but it's, I got the point in the first two chapters. You didn't have to tell uh-huh. me for 
300 more pages. That's a, that's one that will turn me off to a book. And, Got it. you know, really, I, there's a lot of people that I consider mentors like yourself. And I, you know, I, I talk to people and, and try to get recommendations and the people that I really respect, which there are many people out there that I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow their lead and most of the time it's right on. So that, okay. that does help me choose some good books. No, that's cool. I really appreciate all of those perspectives. So I'm going to take a couple of them apart for a second. You talked about mentors and and getting recommendations from people that you respect. I don't know if you do this, but every time I go into a prospect's office or a friend's office, my eyes are drawn to their bookcase. I want to know what they're reading. It's the first place I go. It's so funny. I'm like, no, don't, I don't want to make eye contact with you. What are you reading? (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You know, it's even a question that we ask in interviews. Um, wow. I don't participate in all of, you know, in all of our interviews, sure. of course, but um, it, and I rarely ask the question myself, but when I do join an interview, um, it's always asked, what is the book? I What's the next book I should read? And if I'm in the interview, I write it down and I look into wow. it. Um, I love and I've read idea. probably a dozen books that way, but yeah, you got to write it. It, it. it comes up often um, in discussions, you know, if I go with a customer to dinner or something, right. we just ask like, what, what are you reading? And uh, it, it's definitely something that, you know, you see it on their wall, you'll see it. Mm-hmm. And the one thing is so much is changing and I'm an audible listener. So you don't get to see it on the wall as much as you used to, but it definitely is a point of conversation I bring up. Yeah, no, that's good. You, you just reminded me of one other thing that I was in one of my client's offices about a month ago, and there were a couple of copies of um, Richard Montoya's his new book about the creation of the, what is it, the, uh, the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So he, he actually oh, yeah. went from janitor to an executive. And so Frito-Lay story. Yeah. Frito-Lay story, yeah. I mean, but I, I went to my friend, I'm like, hey, uh, can I borrow this from a couple of weeks. <laughs> I want to read the book. So yeah. So how do we choose a book? Now I'm going to come back to the first thing that you said that when you're, when you're reading nonfiction, you want to choose a book that's life-changing. And, you know, let's, if we go back to that cliche that we don't want to judge a book by its cover, um, how do you figure out whether it's going to be life-changing or not? What process do you vet the book with? Yeah, if it's um, if it's recommended to me, obviously that's that's much easier yeah. because it's usually somebody I respect. We already are discussing some new strategies, some new philosophy, some new behavior, mm-hmm. and they make the recommendation. So that's pretty easy. If it's something I catch on Audible or um, even in a bookstore, I I will even if I'm if it's a physical book, I'll go on it like Amazon right. and read reviews. Oh, and I, you know, I, I don't read just the negative. I don't read the positive. I read for trying to pick up the key message that people got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try it. And there's you know, I have books. I try to read every book all the way cover to cover to cover. Sure. But it doesn't always happen. There's times I get into it and I just say, yeah, this isn't a value add, and I kind of drop it. But I won't read one or two reviews. I'll read 30 to 40 reviews mm, and so actually, try to get yeah. the message. So you're looking pretty deep to see if there's value there. I like that. Well, you know, you got to think about it. And this is definitely an essentialist perspective is how my time is valuable. And so oh. that 30, you know, it might take me 20 minutes to read through 30 reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, 
unless they're long, you know, long in-depth editorial type reviews, that's different, but yeah. you know, standard Amazon type review, you can pick up pretty quick. Um, before I spend six to 12 hours reading a book, I want to know what I'm investing in. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense. And I like that perspective. Changing gears a little bit. I mean, this is a leadership podcast, obviously, but I'm curious, do you read in any other topic or any other theme? What do you like to read? Oh, man, it's all over the place. Uh, well, I mentioned that the five, four or five books I'm reading now, we yeah. got a, what do we got? We got a history book, basically, or at least a philosophy book. We've got a, a book about improving myself, a book about improving my business, and then a book about an astrophysicist. Um, I, you know, I like to challenge myself. Uh, the astrophysics books, anything with Neil deGrasse Tyson, it's over my head, but I do learn a few things from it, sure. but it kind of challenges me and makes me look into other things. I, uh, I do read a lot of philosophy books, most mm -hmm. of the time from the Stoics, but, you know, I'll go back and revisit books by Plato and Aristotle, Thomas Aquinas, uh, even Sun Tzu, Machiavelli, right. Voltaire, some of the, yeah. you know, and I don't always necessarily agree with them, but it gives a really good perspective. Um, my father was a, a World War II veteran, so mm -hmm. I do revisit, uh, well, history books I like, but books about World War II, um, I definitely will try to get into. And uh, yeah, history is, is one of the things that aren't about, well, although I will say this, I think history does prepare us for the future. So um, I guess I don't necessarily look at it as a business development or leadership development book, but the reality is that we pay attention to that. It's going to help us a lot of ways. And, yeah. You know, I'll throw out there a, a fiction novel or two for fun. Mm -hmm. Usually, like a murder mystery or uh, or even a, a Star Wars canon book. I'll, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan growing up, and so I'll throw one of those in every once in a while. Nice. Or, yeah. or zombie books. That's another thing. I, <laughs> actually, zombie books are probably that's probably my weakness when it comes to you know I just I like some of those authors like Jail Bourne and some of them. And nice. So I'm all over the place to be honest with you. I don't necessarily. Too significant of a fix on a certain book type. Got it. Yeah, and I I had a feeling that you were like that because I mean that's exactly the way I look at it. What is catching my interest now? In fact, um, I'm I'm halfway through Adam Smith's book, the The Wealth of Nations. I think it's Adam yeah, Smith. good book. Oh my gosh, it's 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 heavy slogging to get through that sucker. So much. To, it's good. There's a lot to learn from that. There's a lot to learn. I mean, it's basically this, you know, really the start of economics. And that's why I wanted to read it. I like to go back and read the classics, read what started at a, a topic area. So now you mentioned paperbacks, you mentioned Audible. So how do you like to consume reading material? Do you do paper, Kindle, audio, all of the above? How do you approach it? I'm a big Audible guy. I, I've Probably ninety-five percent of my reading is uh, wow. not reading at all. I I, I uh, we contracted out to somebody else to read to me. <laughs> um, you know, cause, and that's that's how you get through so many books. There's no way because I drive. You know, I try. I fly a lot. I travel mm -hmm. a lot, and so um, I, you know, if I'm flying, I may take out a paper back or something. But right. usually, it's audible. I will say this though: if it's something that it's really important to me that it's something I have to capture information. Mm -hmm. I will listen to audible while I have the, uh, the paperback or hardcover and a highlighter. And wow. as they read to me, I read along. And um, I'm, in fact, I'm doing that with traction right now because um, nice. I didn't do it the first time I read it and I'm doing it. You know, our leadership team is kind of a book club. Mm -hmm. And so, so that I can discuss it 
Right. You know, because my memory is kind of fading. I think my hard drive is full. Um, <laughs> I go through and I highlight things, and then then it tells me these are the key learnings for me. And so I, I put those on paper, and then I have my notes to talk about. That's really cool. So, but Audible is, you know, I'll usually listen to it Audible a couple times. But sometimes, I'll, you know, there's like Tim Ferriss in the four hour work week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has 5,000 web pages in that. I know. So I listened to it and I realized I didn't catch anything. So I had to go back and read it Yeah. on paper. That's actually one of, you got like three different thoughts came up for me as I listened to you on that. First of all, you're one of the only other people that I know that will do audible, like an audio format and physically read the book. I remember the first time I did that, my brain was vibrating. Because it's going, it's going through two different neural pathways into your language center. It's so cool. And I love reading like that. So the best books, I do that as well. Whether it's Kindle and Audible format or, or physical book and audio format. So love that. Then Yeah, the Kindles I'll do, like the, I have a lot of philosophy books on Kindles. And I just do that just to read. I'll read a, you know, a few lines or a few chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still haven't figured out how to do the highlight in the right way. And so it's just yeah. easier to hold it in my hand and hold the highlighter. Yeah, I actually have developed with physical books a specific process. You know those little colored page markers? I do, yeah. I, I use those, not a highlighter. And I actually have this system, you know, yellow for theory, red for provocative idea, orange for a reference I need to get, green is a quote that I want to remember, and blue is an interesting concept that I want to think about later. And what it allows me to do is I don't have to read the book the second time because I can just go to what mattered. So just I like that. A little That's a good idea. And it and it doesn't ruin the book with making permanent marks in it. I don't know. Somehow I have a, have a bit a bit of a problem with that for some reason. Anyway, hmm. okay. That's a really interesting way to do that. Well, it's it was a survival skill from grad school for me because I mean I <laughs> there you go. I've been reading all my whole life and it's really it gets frustrating when you can't find the quote and you know what book it was in, but you're flipping through 500 pages to try and find it. And where is it this way? Oh yeah. There's only 10 quotes from that book. So, all right, let's, let's go on to the next question. When you read a book, do you have a, I'm curious if you have a mental filter in place. Like do you read books for specific purposes or do you just allow the book to happen to you? That's a good question. Um, I, you know, I, I think it depends on the book. So if I'm reading a book like Toyota Kata, mm-hmm. I'm going into it looking for specific techniques or, right. you know, that's, that's very structured. I know what to expect and I'm going into it probably a little more structured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned for a work week, if I'm reading something like that, that's full of surprises. There are so many things in that book that I never even would have thought of. So I, I kind of went into it. I didn't know what I was going to read it for. And I just went into it like, yeah, let's see where it takes me. Sure. Um, I would say probably most often I try to be open-minded, mm-hmm. you know, the, the caveat to that is the fact that I'm reading it for a specific reason. Right. Um, you know, there's something I, I gleaned from a, somebody referenced or so there's a little bit of specific, specific, yeah, I can't even say the word, but you know, there's something specific I'm looking for yep. and, uh, but I still try to keep an open mind so that I don't miss the forest for the trees. Yeah. I remember I was reading a, a Steven Pinker book, Enlightenment Now, I think it was called, late last year. And as much as I agreed with many of the things he said, 
The book irritated me from the start to the finish. And I found myself <laughs> with an open mind and yet with a critical thinking filter on that said, that argument is flawed. That data point needs to be backed up. And it really changed the way I read the book. I mean, I just, I, after a while, I'm like, okay, let's just get this, get through it because I'm not getting as much value anymore because the filter was t- too strong. But I think it's good to be able to read a book sometimes and say, surprise me. Like you, like you're talking about with the four hour work week or Toyota Kata. I want to learn something here. And it's in this particular domain. So I think that's one of the things about reading that I think we need to keep in mind and not you and I, but just everyone in general, there are many different ways to read. And absolutely, I don't think everyone considers that because reading's reading, right? No, it isn't. It's just like writing. I mean, you can write to specific audiences. You can write in particular styles. You can read the same way. It's just different. And I think that's an important little detail. So, well, I think you bring up a good point too, that you, and, and there's a lot of books, well, maybe not a lot, but there are books that I read that I just can't agree with. You know, sure. I, I'm just taken back by the thought, but I, I try to go into those definitely with an open mind because there's always a little something you can gather from that. So whether you're, yeah. you know, your leanings are one way or the other politically, it's good to read the other side and yes. listen to the other side. Um, and, you know, there's, there was, uh, oh gosh, I think it was John Mackey, the, Conscious capitalism or something like that. I, you know, some of it I really kind of just didn't didn't agree with them, but mm-hmm. I still read the whole book and I took notes and I, I went back and said, yeah, maybe he's right about this. Maybe I should look into this more. So you you got a good point there. You got to kind of cross all the spectrums to really, I think, develop yourself in an effective way. Otherwise, it's just kind of regurgitating the same thing. You're never going to expand beyond where you're comfortable. Yeah, and. Let me get a little bit weird for just one second, because, I mean, you just reminded me of this one particular day. I was thinking about the wall of books in my office, and I've got this, like, eight-foot wall, all floor to ceiling, and it's nothing but books. I think my wife just it drives her nuts sometimes, but <laughs> I remember sitting and staring at that wall of books one day and thinking to myself, you know, every one of those books represents the thinking of some person or people, right? If it's multiple authors. And what they're doing with this book is inviting me into the front room of their brain where they are going to try and share with me how they think about a particular topic. And if I am really thinking carefully and listening actively to as I read, I can actually engage in a conversation with them, albeit one-sided because they're the one talking and I'm doing the listening. But it literally becomes a conversation in a peculiar kind of way. So it's just something I think about when I think about a book. I'm stepping into the mind of another person. It's a powerful way to look at it. It really is. If only we could just, con- you know, and I'm not advocating for this, but if we could just connect ourselves to each other mentally yeah. and absorb what others are thinking. You know, how often do you have that in a relationship, a friendship or a work relationship or you're like, what are they thinking right now? Exactly. And here these people have given us that gift. They mm-hmm. put it all on paper for us. That's right. And trust me, I've published a couple of books. It's, it is a gift because it's hard work, but <laughs> I can imagine. And you know, the interesting thing is, as I mentioned at the beginning of our interview there, 
I started this by looking at all four domains of communication. And for me, in order of importance, listening is distant first place. I mean, the second one speaking is, is so far back of how important listening is that they're almost not in the same room. And then to me, reading comes next. Writing is pretty close behind it. I think if we could just listen to one another, whether it's through reading or some other format, if we could just listen, we would be better connected. And isn't that really the whole goal of leadership is to connect and align so we can achieve some greater purpose? Seems pretty obvious to me. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Most definitely. So if you had to create an essential reading list for leadership, what five books would you put on that list? Oh, wow. Did you say five or 50? Um, <laughs> I know. I, I'm trying, wow. I was trying to be generous and I didn't want to just say one, <laughs> right? So five. Wow. Well, yeah, I'd have to tell the Snap Who Principle. I think uh, another guy that wrote that, and oh, that was a pretty good book. Yeah, um, I know that guy. Well, <laughs> a little you. shameless plug for you there. <laughs> that was a good book. Um, well, Essentialism is most definitely. That's, that's okay. got to be on everyone's reading list. Um, Probably, you know, the one that changed my life in many ways is Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday, yeah. I love that it, book. It really, I think that was probably the most powerful book I ever read. Mm-hmm. And while essentialism, I revisit over and over and over again because the, the skills that I learned in that book helped me today. Ego is the Enemy was the one that told me, you're an idiot. Stop <laughs> thinking you're the best thing on the planet. And you're, you know, it, it just redefined who I want to be. And, uh, you know, I still struggle with it. Like we all do. We're all human and ego is still a major factor in all of our lives. But that book had me open my eyes to realizing that, Mm -hmm. you know, being humble and realizing that you're a student of everything Mm -hmm. and that everyone that you ever encounter has something powerful to share with you. Yes. It was life defining. Um, That's cool. Crucial Conversations by Carrie Patterson. Oh, I love that book. I think it was Carrie Patterson. Carrie Patterson? It I is. think it was Carrie Patterson. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, just a, it's a powerful book for how to communicate with um, members of your spouse, you know, significant other, right. people you work with. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of how I describe nowadays to people the, the spinach and the teeth philosophy. Like, wouldn't you want to know if you had spinach in your teeth? Mm-hmm. And how many people don't tell you? You know, you know, I've both probably been to a networking event. We had something on our teeth that nobody ever told us until we went to the bathroom. <laughs> and all along, it could have easily been resolved. And so I've learned that you can't be a coward. You have to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, Joy Inc., uh, my friend Richard Sheridan, mm-hmm. that's a phenomenal book. We actually have developed a lot of our culture around Richard's uh, teachings in Joy Inc. So I would put that on a list. Um, gosh, it's so it's, it's manufacturing. I still like the goal by uh, who was it? Gold Yeah, yeah. The goal I yeah, still I think agree. is that you know it's, it's outdated, but it still has a very and it's something I require my operations folks to read. Um, start with why mm-hmm. Simon Sinek. That's a good one. I mean, I okay. I'm having a hard time keeping it to five. We'll uh, stick with those. But you're, you're already at six. A, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> there we go. Well, we'll try to lean it out. We'll stick with those five. I'll go six. Yeah, I love Start With Why. I think that was a really important book. And and the Theory of Constraints book, um, The Goal, that is such a classic 80s story. It was so funny to go back and reread it. I, I read it last year again just for fun. And I'm like... It, 
It is. You can't say that in business anymore. It's so funny. <laughs> and it's a fun book. It's it a is. story. It's, it you know, it's written in such a great way. And I, I really enjoy reading it. And the Audible's great because I like the, the people they got to read. They, they yeah. did a good job. They did. I mean, um, they narrate, turned it into a story, literally. Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the things, though, that I would say, for so recommending a generic list, I would go with those. But really, you got to look at where your weaknesses are. And so ego is the enemy told me that I have problems with ego and temperance. Mm -hmm. So, of course, if there was somebody like me, I would turn you over to the Stoic type books or the books like The Servant by Hunter. I think it's James Hunter yeah. or Victor Frankl's The Meaning of uh, Life or what, what is the Man name of that book? Meaning. Yeah. Man's Search for Meaning. Thank you. Um, if you, if you, if you're not disciplined, if you, you know, if you run your business like a hobby, if you, um, can't manage your time, then you know, I may, I may turn you over to a Jocko Willink type book or, and, mm -hmm. you know, get that discipline instilled. So it, it's really hard to put a list for everybody. And I think it's important to, you know, whoever's listening to realize that identify where your weaknesses are right. and, you know, try to make that the low hanging fruit. All right, everyone. Now you have your action items. I'm excited to hear from you on how what you learned today works for you. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.